Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to body-based visibility and business coach, Kate O'Dwyer. Visibility is healing. Like when I see someone else stand in their visibility in a way that feels like so authentic to them, it's like that gives me permission. So yes. like, and that's what's so beautiful about visibility. And I say to my clients, this isn't just for you, just so you know. You are healing and emboldening other women to show up as their messy, imperfect, brilliant selves who don't doesn't have to know everything, who can still have self-doubt, who can like be scared and still be visible. Yeah. Like we're human. Kate lives in Dublin with her partner Jim and their one and a half year old son Ned. She's been the senior guest booker on the Tommy Tiernan show on RTE for the past seven seasons and her passion is in supporting women to step into their fullest self-expression so that they can share their work, their words and their wisdom. She believes that her visibility can heal and embolden each other to build the world that we all want to live in. And in this conversation, she shares her own experience with us. She also speaks about visibility blocks and what they might look like. And she shows us how to step into her own power. And I started the conversation by asking her to explain what exactly visibility is. Visibility is giving yourself permission to take the opportunities to share your ideas, to share your work to share your heart, to share your vision with the world so that you can be seen, celebrated, shared and acknowledged. Yeah. And, you know, I did that with you where I did put myself out there and Mm -hmm. I kind of opened up to you about something Mm -hmm. and your response to me was so lovely, which is that basically you applauded that step that I made into visibility. Yeah. Because it it's not easy sometimes to put yourself out there and say what you would like no. or what you feel you're bringing to the table. Mm. 
No, and I always say, call this standing out on the skinny branch. Visibility is standing out on that skinny branch where actually you are vulnerable. You are opening yourself up to opportunity, to attention, to success, but also to rejection and disappointment. But the skills and the tools, because visibility is a skill. We can learn how to get visible. We want to do it in a way that we feel safe to do it, that we're not actually frying our nervous system because vulnerability and opening yourself up is actually letting go of control. Mm. So you're standing out on that skinny branch and you're saying, I want this or I'm sharing this or I'm showing you this, but actually you're going to come back to the tree. So you're that lovely bird out on the branch, but you're going to come back to that tree, to that safe space where you look, I have the tools and the skills to, to regulate my nervous system and to know that I am safe, even though it felt kind of scary to do the thing. And the nervous system is key, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Yeah. We can mindset our way to success, but you know, actually, if you think about it, like people who win the lotto mm. and you hear so many stories that they win the lotto, but they lose it quite quickly because their body didn't feel safe enough to hold the sensation of having that much money. So what we want to do is learn how can we hold the sensation of being seen without actually um, going into fight or flight? How can we hold the sensation of being like a fully self-expressed woman, free from the good girl conditioning and actually not then fry our nervous system in the process? And it's possible. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's slow. I think in the world of personal development, we're expecting things to be quick and to up-level and to fast or whatever. Mm. This is beautiful. It's kind of like, you know, in an organisation, if you're creating a culture of of psychological safety, What we want to do is actually slowly start creating an internal culture of internal safety so that like, you know, know, in in an organization, what do they say? If If there's psychological safety, you're free to fail, you're free to be curious, you're open, you can offer your ideas. If we start doing that internally, that's what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. When did you start on this path? Oh, gosh. Um, I suppose my pain has become my purpose. Like a lot of people, I had a very painful relationship with being seen, with being myself, with sharing myself. And I became a coach about five years ago and these visibility blocks were right staring me in the face Mm -hmm. of like that whole idea of sharing your work and your words and your wisdom with the world. But actually the absolute terror of it as well, especially... For me, I had a lot of stuff around my face, the idea of going on video, the idea of posting photographs of myself on Instagram, like all of that, like put sheer terror into me. So I realized, right, a bit of work to do here. Where did that come from? Yeah, where does that come from? Um, so from about the age of 14 to 28, I'd say I carried a huge amount of shame. And I've now realized it was I was carrying somebody else's shame. But shame is one nasty fecker. Yeah. Like shame robs you of of joy, but like it just fundamentally th- makes you think that something's wrong with that you're broken. So if you're navigating the world thinking you're broken, the last thing you want to do is let and like you're just your life is spent trying to make sure other people don't find that out about you. So that looked like for me, like just like literally not dating, like not. I mean, not dating. Like I went on a date when I was. I would have been, my, my romantic liaisons in my 20s would have been drunk. Like, there was just, I was so afraid of actually someone, even us, you looking at me now, this would have terrified the life out of me okay. of someone actually looking at me. Yeah. And, and also, as well, to say, Kate, that, you know, I do think sometimes that a podcast scenario can feel quite intense for people because you're sitting, you know, you're sitting in front of somebody yeah. 
and they're looking at you yeah. and they're listening to you yeah. and they're taking you in. That's what I like to do when I'm chatting to someone because mm-hmm. that's my comfortable. But to other people, it might not be. And I always yeah. can try and, and bear in mind that we're not all the same and that for some people it can feel like a level of intimacy that that unnerves them and can kind of push them so far out of their comfort zone that they're they don't know where they are. And you know what? This is a massive breakthrough for me, even as a visibility coach, sitting here with you, looking you in the face, and even, and even like honoring that I have a story to share, honoring that my ideas are worthy of sharing. Like it's, like it's nearly being my own message by being here. Yeah. Like what I've sh- You're shared. breaking through your own stuff Absol- right now. Absolutely. Like yeah. the, and even like my family will all know there's lots of messages going and I have my disco ball here, which I'll share in a minute. But this is a massive moment for me just actually because conformity culture, like standing up and saying, I have an idea. I have, I have a story. It's worth sharing. Like it's, it's radical and it's revolutionary in a culture that demands that we're modest and that we're humble and that actually, who listens to you anyway? Who does she think she is? Oh God. She's full of it, isn't Such she? Such a destructive sentence, isn't it? Who does she think she is? Yeah. Oh. Who does she think she is? Yeah. <sighs> it's so loaded. It's so shaming. Yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah. And if we took a moment to actually sit with that, like if we were to feel into the fullness of ourselves and our body right now, with no shrinking, no sucking in, Mm. with no shaming or silencing, what you get present to is like this expanded presence. Like, who does she think she is? It's the it's the status quo robbing of us of our power, because when we get get connected to all of who we are, Mm. Like, wow. Yeah. And it's true, isn't it? I think it's um, it's Marianne Williamson, is it? That says, you know, we're it's our light. It's our light that we're frightened of, not mm-hmm. not our shadow. Yeah. It's almost in the shadows is where we're comfy. Yeah. Because we know it there. Yeah. We know we're familiar with that. And it's for me. Exactly. But that that our potential yeah. or what we could be, mm-hmm. what is what is possible for us, terrifies the living daylights out of a lot of us. And I know I'm one of them. And a lot of people would see me as somebody because I work in the media business as as somebody who is, you know, confident or whatever. And yes, there is. Of course, there is an element of confidence. Of course, there is. But I also really struggle with all the same stuff that we all struggle with. The imposter syndrome, the feeling like you're not good enough. Yeah. And it's so common. It's so common. And that's what I was struck by when I started the visibility work, that it wasn't women who were starting at the beginning in terms of their visibility. But I was having women from media and from huge who who are actually, we look at them and go, God, they're totally visible. They're grand. And actually, no, they're dealing with lots of other things in terms of their self-expression. Yeah. In terms of actually like asking for and being being happy with who they are, where they are, and being able to say what they desire yeah. without fear of who does she think she mm. is? Or I love this one. If she was an ice cream, she'd lick herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like it's yeah. gas, but yeah, it's I know, actually yeah. like when you think about <laughs> it, it's just like you can't win. You're not confident enough. But then if you're too confident. That's it. You're damned take, if you do and you're damned if you don't. It's the sticky bind of yeah, visibility and confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's like be confident, but don't be too ambitious. Oh, yeah. But don't be, don't be cocky, yeah. Yeah. So 14 to 28, mm. we're dealing with a lot. Uh, yeah. You're not comfortable going on dates because you're you're struggling to, as you said, to 
to be seen. Oh yeah, and it's gas because I ended up in a, in a role then in a job where I was asking questions. I ended up in TV, yeah. so I positioned myself in a safety place where I and I was the person that I'd go to a party and she I'd know every single thing about everybody at the party, and they'd be like, Jesus, I don't know where Kate lives or what she's doing <laughs> or what she's up to. Like, but I was a master at it yeah. because I was skilled. I there's an extrovert in me, but actually when it came to any deep like level of actually getting in, it was like the mask was up. Or the, the blocks were up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it was, but you know what? It was this beautiful moment. I was 28 and I was at this party and this guy asked me to go on a date. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to have to do this. Like, you know, I'm 28. I'm going to have to prove to my friends and to myself that I can actually go on a bloody date. And he was this um, Irish guy, Amer- Irish guy, but had been living in New York for a long time. So it was like, you know, dates to him were like drinking cups of coffee like not a yeah, bother yeah, on yeah, yeah. so we went to it and um, I was sitting there across like I'm sitting from you but back then I was absolutely in freeze like terrified because um, felt like nearly like objectified but I was like just just frozen anyway halfway through the date he says to me Kate um, I'm not sure if you notice but you say sorry after everything you say to me to the waiter everything mm. And I was just like, oh my God, in that moment, I just had tears. I was like, I am mortified of even taking up this space in this seat. I know. Kate. Mm. I went home to my mother and I bawled her crying and just said, you know what, who I'm being on the outside doesn't match who I actually know I am on the inside. Yeah. Like, I know, I yeah. know that there's stuff to unpack here and I'm, I'm done. I have to. So in that moment, he he did tap into something big by saying that. I think the reason I'm actually emotional listening mm. to you is that I absolutely connect with that also mm. in the sense that the joke is like if I bump off a chair or a table, mm. Sheila would say sorry to the chair or the table. Yeah. Because it's such a habit. Yeah. And it's been there since childhood. Mm. And it's not about blame or pointing fingers no. as to why. I don't even know uh, where it comes from, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. And you know, we don't need to know. But it's just a sense of I f- this need to apologise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Was that the first time somebody had pointed it out to you or in such a direct way? In such a direct way that wasn't a friend or a family. It was just this guy. And it was just offered in such a way I couldn't not see it anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was so visceral. And visibility is visceral. Like it's in your body, the reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So... That was when I went to therapy. That was actually, Uh I decided, do you know what? I liken like visibility to like being an onion and like the core of us is so powerful and so beautiful and so brilliant. But there's so many layers that actually we just have to peel back gently going at the like this pace at the most reluctant part of ourselves. But the conditioning, the shame, the good girl to get to that place where you feel liberated sure and I'm, <clears throat> I'm not expecting you to because it's you know what happens in a therapy session is private but yeah. I suppose you uncovered the the whys a lot of the whys yeah. and you know yeah. feel it was one sentence she said to me and it changed everything really honest to god I was going to her for a good while but she said one sentence and I came out like a new woman can you share She's, it with us yeah she said what if it was your what if it was never your shame to carry yeah wow I was just like what? oh yeah yeah Yeah, that was like 28. And so obviously there was work to do after that and discovering who I was without shame. But that was an amazing moment. 
Yeah. And shame is such a big player. Fear is such a big player. All these things. And half the time we're walking around without realizing how much they have impacted our lives and our decisions. And I share that personal story and it's and it's rooted in shame. But visibility blocks come from, let's say, our personal stories. You don't have to have one similar to me to have a visibility block. So the personal stories, the cultural and the conditioning. Now, the culture is swimming in shame when it comes to women and their self-expression, their bodies, their visibility. Yeah. So whether you think it or not, it's seeped in at some level. We're editing ourselves or we're holding back or silencing what truly wants to come through us. Yes. It's not going to happen overnight either. But the more we, you know, look at it and expose it and bring it into the light, the more we can activate change around us. Sure. Sure. And that's why I say like visibility is healing. Like when I see someone else stand in their visibility in a way that feels like so authentic to them, it's like that gives me permission. So like, and that's what's so beautiful about visibility. And I say to my clients, this isn't just for you, just so you know, you are healing and emboldening other women to show up as their messy, imperfect brilliant selves who don't doesn't have to know everything who can still have self-doubt who can like be scared and still be visible yeah like we're human yeah and also on the flip side of that I suppose it's important to recognize because you know I will admit it's not a nice thing to admit about myself but I have on occasion and I have to check myself and and delve into the why sometimes it's happened to me where I see somebody do something amazing and achieve and the little green eyed monster yeah. rears its head. Mm. And I know that it's nothing to do with them because they're doing their thing and I applaud them and it's brilliant. And there's mm. this kind of juxtaposition going on within me going, I admire them. They're inspiring. They're amazing. But I'm also a little bit like, why is it not me? Oh, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're then then that's the take the mirror out. Have a look at yourself mm. and rather than look to them for the answers. Go inside yourself and yeah. find out why, why that's, that's, that's triggering something within you. Because usually it's because of, of the, the step you didn't take or that you haven't taken yet. Yeah. What do they have that I don't think I can have? What yeah. do they have that I'm not giving myself permission to have? Yeah. That holding that? yourself back yeah. stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But what I think is brilliant about that is because like, let's allow ourselves be jealous and envious sometimes because there's just the clean pain of being a human, right? And that's the with visibility as well. It's like we can't avoid disappointment. We can't avoid the pain of being misunderstood. So I'm going to go out there and share my ideas. Some people aren't going to agree with me. Some people are going to think I don't really know that much. Some people are going to misunderstand me. Now, my reaction to that will be, oh, that's a bit awkward or that's a bit uncomfortable. That's the clean pain. The dirty pain on top of the jealousy or the envy is I shouldn't be feeling like this. I'm a bad person. So it's adding adding the story and the guilt and the unworthiness and I'll never get that. They have it because of this. Whereas actually, if you just give yourself the permission to feel the feeling, it wants to move through you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't want to hang around, really. Yeah. And then then you're taking away its power by just saying it's all right, actually. Don't need to overanalyze this. No. Right. So you're 28. You're in a therapy chair. Yeah. You're working through a lot of stuff. Mm. And will we fast forward then? Sure. Yeah. So you're 40 now. Yeah. But 
uh, in your late 30s was a, a big turning point in your life. Yeah. So I hadn't obviously shared it. I haven't been dating a lot in my 20, like in my 20s at all. Um, but through visibility and I really like through this work, visibility work is not about fixing yourself. OK, it's not about, we're not here to fix women, but it's about reclaiming parts of yourself that you were afraid or you felt shamed or that were unlovable. So for me to realize the shame was never mine to carry, what I started doing was reclaiming parts of myself, reclaiming that sense of safety, reclaiming that sense of, God, perhaps I am lovable and brilliant and beautiful. Like, what would that be like to try on? So fast forward a few years of doing the work and beginning to enjoy myself and frankly, Sheila, fall in love with myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? I mean, that. so when I met Jim, I was 37. It was the first lockdown. I was with my mother and my sister down in Wexford and I started showing up coach like as my coaching presence on Instagram and it really became quite healing for me to do Instagram stories and to be with my face and be okay with it and begin to neutralize the energy of like what my voice sounded like what my face looked like and kind of getting meeting myself in a sense yeah so then I'm on tinder during the summer in um <laughs> 2020 and who's there with Jim this guy I'd known from years ago and this beautiful Australian man who um, now is my partner and we have a child together so um, and I always say he was worth the wait it was like I met Jim and I was so in love with myself that I could I there was just an energy like that I wasn't looking for him to complete, for want of a better yeah, word yeah, yeah, to yeah. complete me or he yeah. wasn't I didn't my worthiness wasn't placed in him loving me or liking me fantastic yeah so, so anyway, yeah. well, and that's the best place to be when you do meet somebody. Because um, similarly, when I met Damien, I was very much in the same uh, position, uh, and because I had um, allowed myself to be on my own and learn about myself yeah. before we got together, mm. um, which was my personal path that I need to go on. Yeah. Everyone's will be different, totally. but when meeting him at a place where I went from being single and not being okay with being single, mm. doing a lot of work and then realizing I love being single. I love my own time. I love hanging out with me yeah. and whoever I choose. Yeah. So meeting him at that point was a very, he would have met a very different person had he met me a number of years earlier. So that was a fantastic place to be. Oh. So when you met, there was no sense of, I need, pick me. Yeah, pick yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I need this from you. No, no. This wasn't. is me. This is who I am. Yeah. And he in, commented on that, like, you seem so free in yourself. Now, for someone to say that to me, like, in comparison to where I'd come from, where wow. I was absolutely, like, crippled with it, yeah, shame, it was like a real kind of moment of full circle. Like, well, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it moved quick then. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, it, 37. It does, when you know, you know. It, exactly. When you know, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're living and breathing the the work that you do, which is why you're so passionate about it, and that's why yeah. it's, it's so important to you. Yeah, and it's why I understand the depth of it when it's so. Obviously, I have people who come to me and they want to share their work and their words and they want to maybe show up more powerfully in their organization or they want to launch a podcast or whatever. But for me, I understand that actually it isn't just about taking the action. It's what we want to do it from a place where you feel free to really express what you want to say, that there's a freedom in your self-expression and that there's a liberation in actually how you're showing up. So we don't want you, we've enough kind of white male role models. Like we've a very narrow version of visibility and confidence that we have been kind of that we are that we see like you know a lot of 
confidence and visibility books have been written by men. So for us, it's to like reimagine, rewild our visibility, that we don't have to show up in a loud, confident, perhaps aggressive way, that actually I can be an introvert and have a podcast. I can be like quiet and shy and have the best ideas in the room. Like loud doesn't, loud doesn't mean competent. Confidence yeah. doesn't mean competence. So for me, what I do, what I like to do and create our visibility revolution is that it's for the CEO and it's for the student. It's about embracing your humanity rather than being the loudest or the bravest. It's like, it's, it's all parts of you are welcome. Which I think for a lot of people and certainly for me is really reassuring because although, you know, I have a certain personality and I can do certain things. I also, when I go to a party, I'm not the life and soul of the party. I'm the person sitting in the corner having a deep meaningful with somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So now I do like to get up and have an awkward dance as well. But (laughs) but I do love the chats. I've never been brilliant at the small talk stuff. Sure. Because I'm probably a little bit too honest and I like to cut cut to the chase like I recorded a podcast yesterday with somebody and uh, Shane will know this I, I basically poured out my life story to <laughs> afterwards now he was a trained psychotherapist so perhaps I felt safe but I realised afterwards I totally overshared there yeah I absolutely overshared mm-hmm. and I have a habit of doing that but because I, I'm not great at the let's just do the yeah. surface level but Sheila that's your like that's your gift in a sense. Like I think I, I was working Gift with Gift and downfall. Yeah, yeah. If you're bound reader, if you're bound reading away for yourself. Gift and downfall. It's managing the tension yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And knowing when is a safe place to do it. And I clearly felt it was a safe place to do yeah. it yesterday. But at times I would prob- probably be guilty of of doing it. And sometimes people aren't maybe that comfortable with that level of honesty. So you need to be mindful of other people as well and their energies. And are you sharing from your wisdom or your wound? Are you safe enough to be saying? Because like I can share that stuff around shame. I can share the stuff around ADHD. Because you've healed. Because I'm so fully comfortable with owning those parts of my life. I can share the stuff that I gave up drink at 35 and it literally transformed my life. Okay. But there's parts of my life that I won't share yet because I'm not safe enough. And that's not a safe space for the other person either then. Can I ask so about the, if you don't mind, so... Mm. Where was the drinking a part of the, you know, the crutch, yeah. the help? Okay. I'm grey crack with drink. I had my first drink when I was 18. And I remember thinking, oh, thank God. Now that's not a healthy reaction for your first drink, but it offered me a freedom from the anxiety or from, yeah. And then it just became something I just felt it had more I, I need of, this too. I, yeah. Yeah. I need yeah. this. And especially in terms of I need this to be able to chat to somebody like in the bar or whatever. So two years before you met Jim, you had already yeah. mm. ditched the, the yeah. booze. And madly, he had he had given up booze a month before me. Ah, stop. It, yeah. We've never had a drink together. <laughs> <laughs> this is so mad. <laughs> do you do the non-alcoholic? <gasps> I'm not that bothered. He is. But yeah, yeah, I love I, it. Oh. So you've touched on something else there, which uh, I'd love to get into if that's okay. Yeah. But you found out, I don't know when you found out, but you have ADHD, which is yeah. obviously we're hearing a lot about it now. Mm. And a lot of people are finding out in adulthood, okay, this actually is is something that I that I have, and now it helps me understand myself a bit better. Yeah. 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 And again, that's my personal experience is there was a sense of relief. All the bits of parts of my life began to make sense. And my twenties made a bit more sense to me as well, that sense of not following the linear path, like having a nervous-based interest, uh, sorry, an interest-based nervous system. So I follow what interests me, not what's important, not the priority um, or not what needs to get done. So my mum would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, 
wanting to be a photographer because I was mad into photography <laughs> and then I'm going to do a jewellery course and she was like so following my passions and following my interests um, can be an amazing thing but can be quite frustrating when you're living when you're kind of not following the path that maybe others are following and you're not seeing the the fruits of it yet so what made you decide to get tested was had being a mum becoming a mum Oh, really? Yeah, because I was just like, do you know what? I'm not the great organiser. I'm not actually, um, like, I was just afraid that if, I just wanted to know so that I could be more compassionate and kinder to myself as a new mum, that I would understand that there's things that maybe I'm not going to be great at. And you know what? That's okay. Ned is going to have the time of his life because I'm great fun and I bring fun and energy and kind of playfulness to things. But I don't bring an amazing level. Like, you know, there's socks everywhere. And, there's, <laughs> and it's for my partner to understand that as well, that actually when it comes to other parts of day-to-day life, um, that seem really obvious to other people. Um, I need help or supports or, yeah. Yeah. Mm. What was the testing like for you? Oh, fab. This uh, wonderful psychologist basically asked me to fill out a form before I went to what brought me and what, like, what did I think, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then we had about a two, three hour meeting and she went through uh, a questionnaire in the process and then invited someone in my life to kind of, because sometimes you can be like, yeah, I'm terrible at that. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. But actually, to an, outsider. Somebody, an outsider who knows you, because my mum was like, I'm not that bad at that, Kate. So, you know, just to temper it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And for those listening, we've heard a lot about it, but I think mm. what we've heard is the classic, you know, hyperactive kid who struggles to focus and has all this energy to burn, yeah. perhaps they are ADHD. But the, mm. the, the spectrum and the, the symptoms of it are the, you know, the responses are wide reaching, aren't they? Completely. And even like you might hear something around my experience of ADHD and it resonates. But like I'd be on Instagram and someone would be talking about ADHD and I'm like, that's not me at all. That's not me at all. Mm. So it's like, it's like there's a menu <laughs> and you've got your things and you mightn't have, like there's rejection sensitivity that I don't, re- like that doesn't resonate with me. Um, so yeah, it's really to do the work to go and talk to somebody and find out, like find out clinically if, if you've, have it or not but, but like I love it like, yeah because it's helped you I love it and I love it because now it makes sense like my I feel like I do have a sparkly brain and I have a sparkly energy and I can actually really celebrate that and know that I don't have to be brilliant at the um like I'm, I was a freelancer for a long time I run my own business and like in terms of like invoicing and all that kind of crack I'm like oh my god I don't have to try and do everything like yeah. I can actually have the privilege and I would be transparent, but have the privilege to maybe pay somebody who can do that thing instead of me shaming myself for just being crap at invoices or whatever the thing is, you know. Yeah. yeah. And look, to be fair, most of us who, you know, are creative types and like now I do have a friend who is very much right and left brained, but she's unique. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most people who have a creative uh, tendency would struggle at the ad mini stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly that person yeah. also. Mm. Can we talk about the disco ball? Yeah, so I have a disco ball here that is kind of, if you follow me on Instagram, is the symbol of visibility. And for me, it's really like, yeah, it's a metaphor for the unique disco light that each of us bring when we step into our visibility. And that is made of loads of beautiful broken shards of glass. So whether it's your life experience, whether it's your intergenerational strength or intergenerational trauma, whether it's your 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 talents, your gifts, your voice, your heart, your vision, each of us have our own medicine to bring to the world and we actually allow ourselves and give ourselves permission and have the skills and the tools to do that like that's a magical and beautiful thing for the rest of us yeah you know I don't know how long we've been talking now but 
the energy of you now versus the person who sat down initially is, is quite different. Stop. Sure you've I... dropped down. Yeah. You've just, yeah. it's like you've arrived. Ah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's wonderful because, Thank and you. I get it because it's the same for most people. And I actually do feel like I've landed. Yeah, it's lovely. And I do that with my clients when they come into the session. I do a thing called orienting. Okay. Where actually you, we, for both of us to land in the space, to let our bodies know we're safe in this moment in time. And it's yeah. just an exercise where you look around the room really, really slowly. Because when your eyes move really slowly, it actually lets your body know you're safe. Mm. And honest God, the difference of my clients and myself when we start, we're like, how are we getting on? What's going on? Whatever. And we do the exercise and we're ready to work because we're working from a different space. We're speaking, yeah. 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 It's so important to do that, isn't it? Mm. I should probably start doing, implementing that with guests. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, do you know? <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So let's talk about visibility blocks. Yeah. There can be lots of them. Yeah. And as I said, like they're rooted in, like a visibility block is an idea, a, a belief, a thought, a feeling or a conditioning that stops you from showing up in the way you'd like to show up. And sometimes and we don't even know where, like why they're there or no. we're not even aware of them until we start to look at it. Absolutely. And until we actually start presencing actually what we're feeling, because it can be a resistance in the body or it can be a dry throat. You start talking about money and all of a sudden your throat closes mm. or you go to say I, like, thanks for your patience instead of sorry I was late and you're like you feel the weirdness the discomfort in your body so listening to your body really offers us an insight that's really interesting I am pretty sure the last email I sent to you just telling you where the studio was because I had intended on sending to you sooner and then life happened Mm. I think I started which I normally would no hi Kate sorry for the delay in getting back to you and I think it was like delete 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 Thank you for your patience. I noticed it, Sheila. And I was like, fair play to her. I'm so glad you did. But you know, th- but that wasn't my first word. And I think it's yeah. because on a subconscious level, I was aware of of the messaging you'd been giving me. Yeah. 
So I'm trying to stop myself from doing that because I start majority of my yeah, emails with yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And we undermine our visibility yeah. without even these unconscious ways that we've learned to show up to it's be so nice. so nuanced, isn't it? So nuanced. Do you know what I'm trying to like unhook from is no worries if not. I say okay. no worries. I could be being eaten by a shark, right? <laughs> and I'm like, will you come and save me? No worries if not. Like, <laughs> yeah. No problem. I No problem. <sighs> like... Yeah. What's so uncomfortable about asking for something? Yeah. Like, so that's the one I'm hook- unhooking from at the moment. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. again, the reason I share that is I notice when I actually get to like, edit out no worries if not, I'm like, oh, that feels like mm. sticky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But the awareness is a huge part of it, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Um, because sometimes we're just an autopilot and we're not aware of actually what we're saying, what we're writing, what we're put, what the no. vibe is. How are you with sorry now? Yeah, I very rarely say... Oh, let me be honest now for a second. In writing, I don't say sorry. Okay. Um, and but in 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 conversation, I probably it's still kind of automatic or anything. Yeah. 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 But this is this is conditioned behavior. This is years ah. and years and years. It's very it's difficult, yeah. isn't it? It's, you know, you share writing that email. Like that's why I just think like that's modeling it. Like say if you do that to other clients or to other podcast mm. uh, guests, like it's those subtle things that actually make a difference. If if she if we're, if we're all going around apologizing, then we're, we're all going around apologizing. But if like one or if some of us start showing up in a way that actually um, is more powerful and imperfect, it, again, it's just about giving the rest of us permission to do that. Yeah, and it's different vibration, vibration, isn't it? Mm. Like when you say "I'm sorry," there's kind of a sense of the head is lowered, and it's oh, you know, you know, um, that sense of kind of submission. Yeah. But when you say "thank you," it's gratitude. Oh. It's open. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's different energy. Completely in different yeah. energy. Yeah. But you're saying the same thing. Yeah. Have to say, I don't know why this comes to my mind, but I was on an airplane recently and there was a guy sitting beside me, this older guy, and his legs were wide open and he was just sitting there. And I just couldn't believe the amount of space he was just taken up so freely. I was like, wow, like that is, there's a difference here. Like, and just actually the way you're being in the world unconsciously and the way I've noticed I'm actually sitting here trying, trying to, to minimize of, myself. Yes, I was like, <laughs> Leaning back Give me some space here Did you say anything to him? Did I say No he was asleep But, no, but what I did I, I sat up a bit more And was just like Do you know what? Own, own the space Yeah own the space <laughs> But yeah Anyway look What was I going to say Visibility blocks Yeah What they sound like Okay on. No one likes to show off This is what my clients I don't need to be visible So a lot of my clients Look actually I don't need to be visible I'll say If you want to make a difference In your life In your work In your community In the world you do need to be visible. That's the simple truth of it. We need to see you. We need to hear you. And you need to take up space. Um, the other ones would be... And you're entitled to that space. Oh my God. It's your birthright. It's your self-expression. Feeling safe in your body and taking up space in the world is your birthright. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're not asking for anything that you don't deserve or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not an inconvenience. You're not an inconvenience. In fact, we need you. Yeah. Mm. And I really, for me, this is what this work is about. Like, we need your ideas. We need your books. We need your poems. We need your songs. We need you actually going for that organ, going for that job. Because the world, we're living in a broken world. We need as many women, as many kind of black women, LGBTQI. We need as many marginalized voices out there sharing their words and their wisdom because we're not going to fix this alone, like. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's not about fixing women, but it is about fixing a broken world by being more visible. And that doesn't mean, like, I'm not saying you have to go and be a CEO or do a TED Talk. This is about you taking up the space and modelling that in your family and uh, to your kids. It doesn't have to be a big visibility gesture. gesture. Yeah. No, it's about, it's about having the audacity to honour your self-expression mm. and to share that. Yeah, because to someone... It might be I'm going to take I'm going to take to the stage and I'm going to do something I've never done. But to somebody else, it might just be, you know, saying no to somebody. That's key. Yeah. Yeah. It could be to that. Actually, the woman who has that good girl conditioning that's kind of running her in the office, who's not talking about her work, who's not sharing her accomplishments and is saying yes to all the extra work. So she's so bloody busy and tired that who gets the job above her? Your man who's brilliant at telling everybody what he did. Yeah. But she actually doesn't, it's so uncomfortable in her body to say no. Yeah. And that's where the body comes into it again, listening to actually what is actually that sensation in my body. Our state creates our story. So if we just, before we get into the story of I'm an imposter or I'm this, I want you to actually start paying attention to the sensation in your body. So that's what a lot of your work <clears throat> is in, it's somatic, it's the body, the body response. Yeah, it used to be. But it's yeah. where I, when I started, it wasn't, but it's where I've gone to because I realized that actually so many women are coming into me dysregulated around their visibility and self-expression. Yeah. That a lot of women that I work with are very visible, but it feels performative or they're exhausted from it yeah. because they're only showing a certain part of themselves or they're only showing a part of themselves that they feel other people will receive. Whereas when actually we start peeling back the layers and creating more safety in their body, then they can get to show up in a way that honors the way they want to show up and what mm. they want to say for fear of things happening, but also knowing they have the skills to actually navigate those. And the body's always communicating to us, isn't it? Obviously, mm. this is so linked with our nervous system. And yeah. I always speak about that a lot. Mm. Um, but it's often if we do tune in to what our body is saying to us in a particular moment or time or situation, you know, the knot in the stomach or, mm. the, you know, the the yeah. heart rate going up yeah. or the, the blushing yeah. or whatever it might mm. be, you know, this is a, a sign to it's and it's not about saying it's bad or wrong, but it's about just tuning in and tuning in with compassion. Oh, beautiful. That's it. Yeah. 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 Tuning in with like loving compassion. Yeah. So if you had had Ned at 27 versus when you had him, which was? 39. 39. How yeah. different a mother would you have been? God, he probably would. I probably would have been drunk when he was conceived anyway. Do you know, I do mean that like if I was 27 yeah. and I say that like facetiously, but like that would be the truth. Um, I, do you know what? They're like two different women. Mm. They're like two different women. Um, and I suppose you spoke about it. It's that reclaiming instead of becoming somebody different, you've just yeah. become the person you always were. Oh, but like she got kind of conditioned lost. and lost along the way. Absolutely. I remember um, Philadelphia, here I come doing it in sixth year, there's Gar Public and Gar Private. And I was having this sense of that there was just this massive gulf between who I was in the world and what was going on inside. And for me, I just don't have that anymore. I just feel whole and complete. No matter what happens in my business or in my visibility, that actually I'm worthy no matter what. So that's a very freeing place to come from, Sheila. Yeah, it is. And it's huge. It's huge. It is huge. Yeah. Mm. Like you're not worthy because no. you're just, I am worthy. Yeah. Full stop. Full stop. Mm. Yeah. And from that place, it's amazing. Then I can generate and be generous and actually like 
show up for like it's, it's just a powerful place to come from for me but then for the people around me of course it is because when you love yourself then therefore you have it to give to others yeah yeah mm-hmm. how do those uh who knew the Kate of old versus <laughs> this you know reclaimed version of Kate how, how have how they adapted to that? Well, pretty well, because the people in my life adore me. And it's like, so there aren't, I haven't many, like we're just, I didn't have to, you know, let go of many people who weren't kind of willing sure. me on. Most people loved me, loved me throughout, are still in my life. Um, but I do get my mum, like, you know, when I had the baby, I, I swear to God, it was like a, a royal child was born. Like cards <laughs> and flowers were coming for about three months from far and wide. It was like, it was shocking. It was I was like, what? So it was when my mum's reaction and some friends of like, oh my God, did you hear Kate O'Dwyer's with someone who had a baby? <laughs> There's hope for all of us. Like there was a little bit of that going on. So um, yeah, I don't, I forget how big the shift has been because yeah. I'm just kind of living my life. But when I take time to reflect on what has happened and mm. the metamorphosis, then I can get really present to, Wow. And and proud of of yourself, I yeah. would imagine. And it also, I probably probably because it didn't happen overnight. It's not like you clicked no. your fingers and you woke up and you no. were like, "Hey, I've arrived." No, it was a lot of work. You did. Yeah. And I think you've touched on something beautiful there. Visibility is very much before we even think about other eyes on us. It's about being able to see yourself, for, and actually being able to see all parts of yourself, the part like the parts that actually aren't as comfortable or that yeah. you feel like. For me, it was like staring at my face and going, "Oh my god!" I was going to think like she's just too awful to be on Instagram or her her writing is terrible or her this is like so being with all of that, but being able to tolerate the discomfort and having the as I said like the skill or the tool to be able to be with that and still take the next action and still forward yourself a little bit and. One of the things for me that helps me forward is I always had a vision. I had something. I didn't wake up in the morning. I don't wake up in the morning and go, geez, I want to be visible. But I have a vision for something that pulls me into visibility. Mm. So for anybody who's listening, it's like, do I want to like feel more confident? Do I want to like, what is my motivation for wanting to show up in a more powerful way for myself? Is it just that I just want to be feckin' self-expressed? Or is it that I actually want this business? I want to work for myself. I want to do this. So getting clear, spending some time and going like, what am I so proud of myself for the last year? So I ask my clients a lot, okay, great. What are you proud of in the last two weeks? Just to take a moment to reflect. Mm. Because we often don't do that. No, And certainly not enough. No, and it's a way of just seeing yourself for a moment. Do you recommend journaling? Do you know what? I, no, I don't do an awful lot of journaling. But that's because my ADHD. I have about 10 bloody notebooks all over my bedroom and I can't find the one I used. And I have a million. And then I'm just like, I'll just take notes in my iPhone. <laughs> so that's the honest answer. Yeah. I think most coaches will go, yeah, absolutely. But journaling works, but I just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that is something I do. Mm. So interesting. Mm. Uh, um, Right. Other blocks. Yeah. Other blocks. Okay. So what they sound look like, again, we said like, I don't want to be like, I I want to be humble. I don't want, I want my work to speak for itself. That's a lot of like, I want my work to speak for myself. And then, then someone will see me, pick me or choose me. This now would be me Mm. as in, you know, I, I would struggle to to promote and advertise myself enough. And I would see other people with podcasts who are amazing at self-promotion. Yeah. For fear of watching. I don't know what it is. It's like, because I, I believe in the quality of the conversations. Mm-hmm. I believe in their value. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have this feeling of, 
the right person will find it. And yeah. they, you know, yeah. well, actually, they won't if you don't talk about it no. and you don't let people know. And it's okay to big things up. I suppose I'm I I'm much more of a fan of I'd rather under promise and over deliver than the other way around. And I sometimes see on Instagram that people would be, and again, it's a, it's a, I know this is a judgy statement. I'm mm. going to put my hands up. It's a judgy statement of mine, mm. but I have seen it because I've listened to somebody right saying this podcast is amazing. It's going to change your life. I go and listen to it and I don't think it's amazing and it hasn't changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I struggle with that. So I would rather say, lads, this, you know, it's great. Check it out, but I'm not going to tell you how amazing it is or yeah. it's going to change your life. Mm. That's up to you. And if I get the messages afterwards going, oh my God, that was amazing. I love it. And that fills me up. But I would rather I sometimes play it down rather than play it up for fear of, is it rejection? I'm not sure. I don't know where it comes from. So if you were to be more, 10% more visible around your podcast. That would what, probably, what, probably make a difference. Yeah. What would that look like? I would be coming on stories more often. I would be just doing more content, I suppose. Mm. Now, the, a big part of that is the hours in the day and the juggle between other work mm. and the kids yeah. and the life and mm. all the stuff yeah. um, at the moment. But look, again, that just sounds like a whole heap of excuses, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. It does. Well, <laughs> nothing makes it a whole heap of excuses because life gets Thank in the way. Thank you for this personal coaching session, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is no one is coming. You said that. Like, I saw that on Instagram recently. Oprah's not coming for us. Like, you know, <laughs> waiting for Oprah to like discover us and bring her on her show and our life will be made like it just doesn't work like that yeah. no one is coming so it's really about and I find that freeing in a sense like no one is coming it's like oh I've it's on me but that responsibility is kind of empowering in a way because, yeah, it's kind of like the no one cares as yeah. much as you think they do yeah. it is kind of yeah 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 but so there's no one is coming so obviously if you do want to actually make a difference it is about on you getting out there and being visible. But there's making the time for it. It's a habit and it's a skill. Yeah. If you want to get fit, you go to the gym. You just make time for it. Yeah. And it's the same with visibility. It's being intentional and actually I'm choosing this now. Visibility is not just going to happen. If I spend 10 minutes a day either going on stories or emailing a guest or asking them to promote it, just spending like building it into my day. Then it then it happens. Yeah, mm. asking them to promote it—that's a big thing, isn't it? Because that's something I would always forget to yeah. do. Yeah, you know. Do you know what it is? A lot of it's for, for fear of annoying people. Yeah, I don't be putting them out. I yeah. know oh, they wouldn't yeah. want to do yeah. that. And yeah. often, if you do ask them, they have no problem with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And this can apply. Obviously, this is quite specific. So I'm talking about the podcast, but mm. for anyone listening, it can apply in their own lives in so many different ways. But that statement that you said there about. You know, I'm sure they'll discover it kind of. What was it again you said? The work will speak for itself. Oh, the work will speak for itself. Yeah. I don't have to get visible. The work will speak for itself. And like that, I would be a proponent yeah, of yeah. that where I feel like I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring my best that I can to a project. I'm going to package it up yeah. and release it to the mm -hmm. world. And then it's going to speak for itself. But yeah. the speaking for itself won't happen unless you make people aware that it exists. Yeah. So I, that's the missing part for me. And that's the visibility part, really. That's the visibility part. And the thing is, if we go back to being high achieving good girls in school, we did great. If you did great in your exams, did you have to go talk about it? No, you were no. just known for being great. You did the work and that's all you had to do. Yeah. Actually, you were culturally conditioned perhaps not to tell everybody you got an A because no one likes a show off. So there's some good girl school and good good student mindset stuff that as women and girls in school, we, fly, we can fly it and we do great and we don't have to tell anybody about it. We don't have to be visible. But then when we leave school, we're left being really great at our jobs, but actually seeing people move ahead of us much more because we're not doing that added piece of visibility because it feels actually 
unsafe in a way because as a good girl we took the messaging that to be liked and to be seen and to be acknowledged it's safer for me not to actually tell yeah. you everything that I'm doing yeah 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 does that make, it yeah, does it yeah. does make sense and it's reminded me of another and again I have no idea who said it originally but that and I'm always paraphrasing because I never remember quotes accurately but effectively it's saying you know there are people out there doing what you want to do with less talent yeah but they're doing it yeah have a think about that for a second yeah and that's a big one isn't it mm. you know yeah. so regardless of your own inner uh knowing of your own talent what you're bringing to the table if you're not actually making that step yeah into hello yeah this I'm, is me mm. I'm here yeah. and you don't have to say it's life changing you can just say I loved this episode I have a friend and we I like we were talking about this so a lot of my clients obviously they're looking looking for attention okay and like that's what let that, that's what visibility essentially is mm. if we break it down we are looking for attention and straight away when you say that now that does something in me yeah. because of of I suppose our, our upbringing yeah where do you notice that in my stomach yeah yeah mm. looking for attention Look. You yeah. don't look for attention. No. As a as a as a good girl, as you said. Yeah. We don't don't you don't don't be looking for attention. No. And what's the quickest way to take a woman's power to dismiss her and dis- diminish her? Yeah. Call her an attention seeker. Yeah. Yeah. So our cult, and this comes back to the cultural pervasive kind of shame and that we're this, this that we're kind of swimming in when it comes to visibility is our culture has wrapped attention up in shame for women. Mm-hmm. Because shame is because attention visibility or power and the culture is hostile to women's bodies and women's power yeah so the easiest way to keep us quiet and to keep us kind of more silenced and editing ourselves and is to actually shame the whole notion of attention and visibility she's an attention whore Mm. yeah one of the two things you're afraid of being called when you were like a teenager is like a slut or a show off like do you know yeah 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 it's massive stuff, Kate, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. massive. It is, yeah. And that's where I think like having a deep lens, like a deep kind of dose of compassion for ourselves when we aren't as visible as we'd like or we are, because our bodies are so wise, like we're keeping ourselves safe because we actually, the messaging is so mixed from such a young age about what's expected of us, what's acceptable and what's safe or unsafe that no wonder we're kind of exhausted when it comes to the idea of visibility or being your true self, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so important, not just for those listening who have kids, but first and foremost for us as individuals, whether you have kids or not. But Mm. I suppose then the added layer is if you do have kids, if you do this work, it'll benefit them. Oh, yeah. Which is really, what a gift. Mm. What a gift to unlearn the stuff that didn't serve us well and that we are willing to leave behind and pass back through the generation say thanks yeah yeah don't need that anymore yeah you can Good have luck. that yeah. yeah yeah we're moving ahead yeah with a different different modeling yeah um, with a modeling that allows us like so a lot of my clients will come in and they are in and i've gone back to the body but they're in a, a kind of fight or flight around self-expression or around visibility yeah. now that can be fight or flight or it can be freeze where it's like oh, i don't need to be visible or like someone else will do it um but it, it makes so much sense when you think about actually the, the the messaging we've received that actually it does feel safer to, to not do it or to do it in a very, in a way that like a people pleasing way. Mm. Yeah. Because the good girl has been conditioned to, to believe, to find her worth in looking after others and to being nice. So she's hyper vigilant about how she's received, what people think of her and actually 
what what she says. Yeah, yeah. But I fear I'm depressing us here. You're not depressing us. The reason I'm pausing is I'm just taking it in and mm. it's really landing with me. Mm. And I do think this, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I am drawn to conversations that tackle topics like what we're discussing now. Mm. People pleasing boundaries. They are they are a theme within the podcast without me even realizing it because I'm drawn to it. Yeah. I'm drawn to it because I'm doing I'm still it's an ongoing basis doing the work the work does it's not like you you I'm going to do a bit of work on myself now I'm fully healed now I don't need to do it anymore yeah. it's yeah. a constant yeah. process of maybe having a look at something and as you said it's really really important that we start to embrace ourselves in the wholeness of our of who we are that it's not all sunshine and flowers that there is there are muddy waters and that it's important that we get okay with that part of ourselves and we embrace it in all our glory, yeah. you know, and yeah. the more we get comfy with the parts of us that we, we struggle with, or we, we don't particularly like, mm. the more we can maybe perhaps bring it into the light, activate change and, you know, I suppose improve our own lives for ourselves first and foremost, but for those around us as well. Absolutely. So this, even though you could look at this from a, right, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle visibility from a, career point of view but actually what I'm really feeling from you is this is a really holistic all-encompassing um paths yeah that will will benefit you in every area of your life in every area of your life because the thing about visibility is Sheila we know what to do yeah it's not that women aren't confident it's that our confidence hasn't been rewarded yeah like so it's about as you said embrace it's, it's actually nearly mothering the parts of you the, like the good girl in you that actually for some reason doesn't feel safe to say no or actually finds safety in saying yes to everything even though underneath it all she's angry and resentful that yeah. this is the way things are. So it's actually making space mm. rather than trying to constantly fix, heal and up level. Making, meeting yourself where you are today and making space for those tender parts and making space for that part that actually um, is afraid. It's not how can I be less afraid. Maybe it's like how can I feel more safe in this moment? Mm. It's gentle. And safety is huge. It's yeah, really under um, appreciated at times, I think, that unless we have that sense of anchoring, yeah, you know, you can't go anywhere. But once you do have that sense of safety within yourself, then you can fly. Then you can fly. Yeah. yeah. And you can do like with my clients, it can be a very new conversation. And like for some people, like things have happened to them, like working with safety is like it can be quite raw, but sure, like it's even sure. just thinking of like, you know, just for your, for the audience to start noticing, when do I feel safe or what feels safe to me or to who do I feel safe around or what smell do I like? Like even noticing soothing smells or soothing sounds or just paying attention to your body and when do you feel at home? And if you don't, then then like, you know, that's okay too. Because mm. we can all liberate ourselves. We can all free and create internal safety. But it's just about starting to pay attention to what even does that word, how does that, that word land with me right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, final tips mm. for those listening. Okay, well, I suppose I have a chain here that says fuck it. So in all of that, <laughs> there has to be a fuck it energy about visibility. Yeah. There has to be, like, my life has been full of little fuck it moments. They have been not very pretty, probably a bit kind of teary, or but there are moments where you decide, you know what? 
Ara, fuck it. Ara, fuck it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm saying it. I'm posting it. No, and, and, and I know I'll be okay. Great. The thing is, like, tuning into, you will be okay if someone doesn't like what you say. Yeah. You'll be okay if someone says, ah, that idea was a bit off. You'll be okay. But what... The, on the other side of possibility of pro- visibility problems is visibility possibilities. Like what's possible if you got a little bit more visible in your life? That's where I want you to kind of sit with and marinate with. Like what is possible when I open my heart and my even the idea to myself that I could be more visible in my life? Yeah. What What's there for you? For me. Mm. What's possible for a you? A lot, actually. Yeah. A lot. Mm. A lot. There's a lot of... Um, areas and untapped projects mm. that have been suggested to me uh, mm. on numerous occasions down through the years. Yeah. And um, this is where the the fear monster mm-hmm. is still lurking. Yeah. Preventing me from from stepping forward. That and and it's a timing thing. Yeah. You know, my kids mm. are at an age where they're young and just there's been a lot going on. Sure. You know, it's building a house and all that jazz. So um I definitely feel that as we'll approach, particularly the latter part of the year into next year, there will be more time and I'm going to make more time to have a look at that list of the stuff that I want to do and explore, you know, further projects. Brilliant. Do, yeah. And what well, you've tapped onto something brilliant there is that visibility is not linear. This isn't about being out saying, look at me, look at me the whole time. It's yeah. cyclical. Yeah. Like there's times where we go into winter and then there's the time where it's spring, summer and we're out there and we are visible because it aligns with what's going on in our life. Yeah. And it makes sense for us to be visible. I, I'm a visibility coach, but like I wasn't visible on social media very much last year because I was raising, getting used to being a mom and Of stuff. course. But there's freedom in actually like allowing yourself that as well. Yeah. That like it's not linear and you exactly. don't have to. So it, this is the new paradigm of visibility as well. Yeah. Where actually it is cyclical and you get to be visible sometimes and you get to retreat as well. That it isn't actually about being loud and out there. And also there is the thing of, isn't it, isn't there of, um, you know, life nowadays in terms of, of, of parenthood, motherhood in particular, where it's very different to our parents' generation. Yeah. And there is so much more going on. It's not It's not diminishing, certainly, the struggle of, you know, rearing kids in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever it might be. But now in particular, with the amount we have going on, and for a lot of women, not all, but a lot of women, are also trying to manage their careers alongside being the mother, yeah. being the partner. Doing it all. Doing it all. Yeah. And it's, it's the classic thing of you can do it all, just not at the same time. No. And I certainly have learned that. That has been difficult. Mm. And I've realized that you can be fully present with your kids, but then maybe the emails won't be responded to. Yeah. Or you can get back to all those emails, but you won't be down playing with your kids in the sand or playing Lego or whatever mm. it might be. So there has to be a little bit of a of wiggle room and you need to just give yourself a bit of a break and stop guilting yourself also. Oh, absolutely. You and know. when you're in a regulated space, when actually you can give yourself that break. Yeah. You're coming from a place of actually like powerfully choosing, is, the, is it the right time for me to be visible or not? Great, I'm not going to be. The world's not going to end. I'm yeah. not going to fall behind. Oh, and actually, can I, because I, I, I love the fact that you're now in your 40s, I'm 44. Mm. You know, you don't, visibility doesn't end at a certain age. No. And you can start visibility at any age. And also... It can get bolder if you ask me when you get older. Well, I'm definitely feeling like I'm yeah. getting bolder in myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that will continue. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, there are plenty of opportunities available 
to all of us, regardless of what our age is and yeah. that avenues to explore that we might not even realise yet. Yeah. I, I love to say that with my clients, I like to, it's like, I love for the women to be regulated, resourced, so that they, they feel ca- like connected to their body, that they're resourced, they know they have the, um, the opportunities to actually ask for help or to look for answers if they don't have them themselves, and rebellious. So regulated, resourced, and rebellious. Now, rebellious means something different for all of us, but what it does mean is actually showing up in a way that actually is kind of saying, feck it to the status quo. It's mm. the way you should show up. So rebellious lands differently with all of us, but it's rewilding your visibility. It's untaming yourself. Yeah. And that is a good thing for the world, let me tell you. Yes. Yeah, that is definitely is. How are you feeling now? Yeah, buzzing. I could talk to you now for ages. Now yeah. I've settled. <laughs> <laughs> I've settled. <laughs> but I even loved how you came into the room earlier, you know, because... Um, I was so nervous, Sheila. No, well, it, that didn't necessarily come, come across. I... I sensed your nerves when you sat down initially, but that's completely normal. Yeah. And that happens to mm. majority of people yeah. who, who, who record yeah. a podcast, whether they've done a hundred podcasts or none, that's completely normal. But you did, you strut, you did have a strut when you walked into the room. You oh, owned yeah. it. Oh, very good. You yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. Was that a conscious thing? No, no, that's how that's I, that's how you are now. Yeah. And I'm glad like that I was nervous. At the, not that I'm glad I was nervous, but like I love, you know, that I work in Tommy Tiernan. I love when we have, I'm like the guest booker on Tommy Tiernan. I love when we have people who talk kind of fast or are kind of like talk quietly or, because seeing everybody's type of visibility is so important and that we normalize, like normalize not feeling ready, yeah. normalize being nervous like I was and still coming on the podcast and talking a little bit fast at the beginning, but finding your pace and slowing down. Yeah. So it's just about normalizing all parts of visibility. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So for those listening who want to book in with you, mm. how can they do that or how can they get in touch yeah, uh, so katodwyer.com or you can find me on Instagram. It's underscore katodwyer underscore. And if I was to book in with you, how long mm. would a session be? So I do one-off sessions. They're the one-off power hours, but like kind of be realistic in your expectation. It's around actually where we'd get it in terms of your visibility. It might just be a single kind of more a strategy piece of like, but if it's a, I work generally with people over from three to six months and that's where we really kind of deepen into yeah. the, your self-expression and your kind of and your strategy around that, like what you want to do. And as somebody who'd be used to normally be the, the question asker. Yeah. To have somebody ask the questions to you. Yeah. How was that for you? Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Well, do you know what? At, for, at the beginning, it was a little bit like, I don't think oh, I, I didn't look you and I looked all around you, but it took me a while to look you in the face. <laughs> didn't it? Did you know that? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. But again, yeah. as I said, that that is... That is something I've observed about people before, yeah. you know, so yeah. that's completely normal. So I'm uh, really enjoyable. And now I feel really in the space. I feel in my body and I feel grounded. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great, great. So I remember practice. Practice. Like, that's exactly it. That's I remember it. Joe Duffy um, interviewing him many years ago mm. and <laughs> saying that he was very uncomfortable being interviewed because he is the interviewer, yeah. you know, and that's mm. his his safe space. Yeah is I'm in control here. I'm asking you the questions, yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. And you could sense that he was like, hmm, mm. not loving this. Yeah. He was a gentleman. He was great. But uh, I thought it was a really interesting observation. And those of us who are used to asking questions, it sometimes can feel a bit like, oh, what's going on with somebody else? Yeah. It's, just, it's a lack of control thing. Totally. Also. Yeah. Yeah. And visibility is like, it's kind of surrendering. Kind of. 
a control. Yeah, stepping out in that skinny branch, as you said. Yeah, yeah, saying fuck it and then stepping out in the skinny <laughs> branch. Like there has to be, an, there's an activation of like, there's a choice, okay. there's a decision yeah. that actually yeah. this is important to me or this is important to what I'm up to in the world. Yeah. And that no one is coming. So it is on me to actually take that step. And, right. And again, it's that, again, I'm going to, I'm going to misquote a million quotes from this conversation, <laughs> but it's the thing about the ships in the harbour and being safe in the harbour, but that's not what they're built for. Oh yeah. I love that I one. I love that one as that well. That was said to me once yeah. on live TV. Yeah. And I remember feeling mortified and it was said beautifully yeah. by somebody who was really seeing me at the time. Yeah. And I struggled with being seen and I, my unworthiness was going wild. What would I do if I wasn't afraid of what people thought? Oh yeah, they're always the big ones, aren't they? Yeah. What would I say if I wasn't afraid of what people thought? What would I share? What would I ask for if I wasn't afraid of what other people thought? Yeah. Recognising fear is there, Mm. but pushing it aside, yeah. Yeah, or even just, you know, even pushing aside, making space for it, saying, hi, I see you, I know you're there, that's okay. Like, But I'm going to go beyond you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Ah, uh, thank you. It's been brilliant. Yeah. Well, my, it's been a visibility breakthrough for me, and I hope it was <laughs> of value to the people listening. Yeah, so I, I can imagine. Well, if it's if it's, ha- I always think if it's happening for me, it's happening for those listening. Maybe not for everyone, but mm. for a lot of people. Mm. I've had such a physical response to what you're saying. Yeah. As well, mm. which is always a, a good thing because the body is communicating to us all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot that's landed with me now and I'm sure will trickle down and stay with me. Mm. Um, and I suppose it's important to not forget your messaging. And if we do, to go back and listen to this episode again and maybe, you know, sure. remind ourselves of what you're trying to say and, and mm. what you're encouraging us to do. Yeah. And if we all do, do it, even just a teeny tiny percentage more, that will that will change. That will change for you and it yeah. will change for all of us. Yeah. It's the ripple effect of your visibility. It's sacred, it's powerful and it's rebellious work to say my ideas count, my story counts, I count and I want to share that with you. We'll leave it there. Gorgeous. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. As you can probably tell, I took so much from this conversation with Kate that at times it actually felt like a one-on-one session. So if this episode resonated with you too, I think you might appreciate the conversation I had with Professor Ian Robertson all about confidence. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to Ready To Be Real. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.